Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast here. Thanksgiving week edition. Uh, Travis Crins uh, joining yours truly, Nathan Stack, in here. So, Travis, let me be among the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. You are the first. Thank you. And you I. Are, you are number, the number one person. Woohoo! Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Woo-hoo. Nobody else has done it. Woo-hoo. Good, I, good. Appreciate that. You are back from Rapid City, where you mm-hmm. were uh, calling some. Uh, South Dakota State High School Volleyball, uh, mainly Mitchell games. Was it just Mitchell, or did you have to call anything else? It was Mitchell, Hanson, and McCook Central Montrose. Okay, so you were... What a busy slate for you. Mitchell gets upset. Uh, they did win the seventh place game, for whatever that's oh. worth, but uh, uh, what was your uh, biggest takeaway from volleyball out in Rapid City? Uh, the court was red. That was stupid. The uh, press box, uh, I've never been to the Rapid City Arena before. It's basically like the old Sioux Falls Arena. You've been there. I've been there many times. Yep. Uh, very similar to that. Uh, press box, I don't know where that's at. Uh, they had three courts going at all times. And the problem was, when you were up in the press box, where radio is, you couldn't see the first court right underneath you because you couldn't. So, Presented a problem, so I had to move down a level and just stand by a table near the bleachers. So, uh, poor setup in Rapid City. Uh, volleyball shouldn't be out there. It'll be in Sioux Falls next year. So, they go from having it all, all together, three classes all at once, or sometimes they split it up. But uh, they've done this for a while now. So, uh, it was fine. Food was fine. Uh, Rapid City is a nice town. Yes, it is. Hotel was. Hotel close, close by. So, uh, yeah, besides the red court, the old crappy arena, and the, the press box, which was there, and uh, your old friend Nate Weck, uh, those would be the negatives. Of the <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh at that, but uh, did you and uh, Marcus Traxler and uh, Nate Weck go out for a beer at all? I uh, replaced Nate Weck with a man named Ryan Deal, who also works at the Mitchell Paper. Okay. And uh, we did go out. Uh, did you go to Mount Rushmore? Nope. Okay. I figured not, but you're out. Been there a couple times. Was 94, for 4th of July. And uh, one other time as well. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we hit the town on Saturday nights. We were done. All of our teams lost the first game, so they were done early on uh, Saturday. So we had all Saturday afternoon and night. Good time had by all. Very good. I was out at uh, Mount Rushmore once over the 4th of July. They were supposed to shoot fireworks off of the president's heads, and it was too foggy to do it. So they told us, hey, come back in a couple days. Well, we were leaving the next day, so what the hell good does that do us? Not good for you, no. No. Your friend Marcus Traxer ordered a 38-ounce beer, so that was a lot. Holy cow, what kind was this? I don't know what it was, but it was big, big goddamn uh, glass. That was in. How long did it take him to finish it, or did did he not even finish it? Yeah, it took a uh, good, good, good part of an hour. All right. Good part of an hour. Yeah. All right. Well, glad you had a good time out in Rapid City. Now, I assume, then, that you were driving back as uh, as the Vikings were playing. Is this correct? I got home five minutes before the game started. Oh, good, good out of you. Uh, did you watch the game? I watched the entire game. 
What did you think? This, I, because I, I'm going to tell you right now, Rams score right away, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be an interesting game here. The, the defense needs to make some adjustments here, and uh, adjustments they sure made. I think the game turned when Anthony Harris forced that fumble at the one. It kind of deflated the the sails out of, uh, or took the wind out of wash of LA's sails at that point, and. Uh, a good fourth quarter by the Vikings. Latavius Murray ran well. Adam Thielen, another nice long catch. And this Vikings team continues to roll. Yeah, Rams offense, not, not that great. I mean, it's unfair when you go up against the best defense, but... You know, uh, Rams, Rams are okay. They're a team. You know, they'll be, they'll be fine, I guess. Uh, yeah, defense, just again, is great. And uh, at, uh, that quarterback for the Vikings, he... Uh, he, he liked to hold the ball for a long time and scramble around and make some ridiculous goddamn passes. and uh, <laughs> Like that lob to Adam worked. Thielen? It worked this time. I don't know if that's uh, something you can do all the time, but right. uh, I'd recommend to Mr. Keenan maybe throw the goddamn ball a little sooner than he did. So, uh, offensive line, I think, has been the story of the year. Yep. And nobody's talking about it. So, as long as offensive line, offensive line holds, should be good. And, uh, Quarterback should not throw as many dangerous passes as he did. So, yeah, a seven-seven defensive uh, battle into the fourth. So very exciting. Well, Kai Forbath misses a couple of field goals here. Better get those misses out now than uh, during the playoffs here. But you look at this NFC and how stacked it is with Philadelphia cruising, uh, crushing Dallas, uh, thirty-seven to nine, without a kicker in the second half of that game. They're they're nine and one. The Saints are 8-2. Washington should have beat them, but they shit the bed. And then, uh, of course, the Vikings beat the L.A. Rams, the division leaders out in the NFC West. So this is a loaded NFC here right now. I think the Vikings are going to beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. They're seeking revenge from earlier this season and from last year's losses. They want to end that losing streak. And they're a better team than Detroit right now, who barely squeaked by Chicago. So I think the Vikings win this game. And then you have Atlanta and Carolina here. I know they're going to be tough games because they're both on the road, but I think they can beat Atlanta. And I think there's a chance they can beat Carolina too. I think they match up fairly well with them. And then you end with Cincinnati, uh, the Brett Hundley-led Packers, and Chicago. So, I, I mean, the sky's the limit here for the Vikings here. Are you starting to become a believer? I'm not getting all on board yet, and I'm trying not to get the hopes and expectations up too much, but this seems... Like a much different team than last year. Would you not agree with that? Yeah, offensive line's better. That's the big difference. Um, 12 and 4, the team, good. Win your last three, that gives you 11. You beat Detroit, but they should have beaten Detroit all, all the times yep. last couple of years, but they haven't. Um, yeah, Panthers, Falcons, I don't know. Maybe they lose both of those. If you, you win four out of six, you go 12 and four. It's probably not good enough for a bye. So, no, I'm not excited again. I will be excited when they are playing at home first week of February. Then I will get excited. But people are people are starting to get excited. I'm like, you stupid yeah, bastard. I know. I know we're getting you dumb bastards. Well, <laughs> what about the NFC Championship game? Can you get excited for that? I've seen those before and all those end. Those end in overtime <laughs> field goals. So, uh, 
You win that. Win that. I'll get excited. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. I'll I'll do it. But at least you're kind of getting on board here. That's great. Um, uh, how about the uh, the terrible decision? You know what? The Cleveland Browns are a disaster of a franchise right now, having passed on to Sean Watson and Carson Wentz. Um, but the Buffalo Bills are right behind them. And how about them benching uh, Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman? And all Peterman does is throw five interceptions in the first half, four in his first nine passes, and uh, Buffalo gets spanked on the road at Los Angeles, you know, at StubHub Center or StubHub Field, whatever it's called. Uh, they lose 54-24 to to the Chargers. If I'm a... Uh, and I saw Michael Wilbon on PTI on Monday, and he just went off on Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and saying, "Hey, he should have been—he shouldn't have even, uh, you know, come home. He shouldn't have come on the team flight. He should have been fired right there." What a terrible decision! And this Bills organization once again looks incredibly stupid. Not good. I don't know what their deal is with the quarterback. Uh, they didn't want Tyrod Taylor to begin with. I'll take him. Well, I won't take him. He's fine quarterback. I don't want him on my team, but... I'll take I mean, him as a backup. Sure. Uh, Jacksonville, certainly. I mean, Jacksonville could use a guy. Plenty of teams out there could use guys. Uh, San Francisco, and just go. Cleveland, go down the list. Buffalo could use a guy. like the guy they have right now that they don't play. But because there was something with the contract at the beginning of the year, or February, March, when they do the contract stuff, where obviously he's not going to be there next year because uh, they burned that bridge with him. So I don't know what their what their hang up is. He's been fine. He hasn't been great. You could probably say he's average. Uh, he's been a lot better than they've had in the past, and they were on a roll. And now they're terrible and can't win a game. So. If you're the Buffalo Bills and you got a guy that's somewhat competent, you should not mess that up. But uh, they did very badly, so screw them. Yeah, uh, are we picking? I'm picking the Vikings to win on Thanksgiving. Are you picking them to beat the Lions? Yeah, they should. Right? You know, if they lose twenty to thirteen, then that's all right. I mean, nothing. Yeah, they should. They should win. Yes, they should. Uh, let's let's talk some college basketball, shall we? We shall. Uh, quite the week in college basketball. We have a lot of tournaments coming up here, so that's that's always some big stuff. Uh, the Puerto Rico tournament's being played in Charleston because uh, Puerto Rico's still in devastation there from the hurricane, so that's no good. But uh, you have quite a few teams that uh, are impressing here uh, so far. Uh, we did have our big college basketball preview last week. Uh, so if you missed that, definitely want to check that out. Big, uh, good game between Xavier and Wisconsin last week. Xavier ultimately uh, won that one. They gave up a lead early and came back and won, but that's a good win. Uh, Trayvon Blewett and company, that's a, that's a solid win for them. Uh, just looking at some of the other stuff here. Uh, VCU. Texas does- A&M. Texas A&M killing folks. Killing folks now. Yes, they A&M. are. Uh, they look like they're a good team. I am, I'm jumping off ship with Kentucky as fast as I can right now. Uh, okay. I will. I I have the life preserver on, and I have the you know the lifesaver there. So I'm I'm hanging on to that, so I can be reeled back in here eventually. But uh, from what I've seen of Kentucky so far, and I get it, you have a lot of freshmen in there. They're gonna do just fine, but uh, they have not been. 
very impressive to me thus far. A lot of freshmen, like they always do, and they're all freshmen this year, and they got to get playing together. So, <clears throat> yeah, not a good start. They've been uh, they've been winning, but not uh, impressively as you would expect. So, you know, they gave uh, what was the game? Uh, Duke and Michigan was pretty good, and Kentucky and Kansas. I mean, they gave Kansas a game. They damn near beat Kansas. Yes, they pretty, did. Pretty good. Yep. So, I, I mean, they're, they're they're fine. I mean, SEC I think is a garbage conference, so um, you know they'll be they'll be right there. Um, I don't think they're one of the national title. I mean, I don't think they're one of the. I think Duke's one of the national title, but I don't. I don't think uh, Kentucky's going to the Final Four. But Calipari will, you know, win his couple games in the tournament. Yep. Uh, let's see anything else here uh, of major Creighton. note. Yeah, Creighton's Creighton good. UCLA on Monday, one hundred to eighty-nine in Kansas City. So a good win for Creighton. Yep, uh, and they beat Northwestern too uh, earlier. Northwestern then got blown out by Texas Tech over the weekend, so maybe yeah. Northwestern's not quite as good as we thought they could be again this year. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think they're going to be you know, on that bubble. Um, maybe maybe Creighton, Wisconsin coming up tomorrow. Um, be another good win for Creighton if they can do that. Maui Invitational, uh, which uh, State had a good come from mind victory today against. Cal. Yes. Yep. Big win for them. Yep. The PK80 tournament's coming up here this week. That's going to be good. And for, yep. for people who don't know, that's uh, PK is for Phil Knight, founder of Nike. He's turning 80, so they're doing a big tournament uh, this year in honor of him. And the likes of Portland and Portland State are going to be in it. That's great. This is the first tournament named after a hockey player. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so that's good. Uh, Ohio and Indiana State played a quadruple overtime game. Ohio beat Indiana State 96-94, to but that was a dandy of a game here. Uh, anything else from the college basketball week that uh, that got you excited? Uh, stuff coming up is getting me excited. Be a lot of games this weekend. I think there's one tournament. Could have, I think, Michigan State versus Carolina in the final. So I always like to look at these tournaments and see uh, what games what games we potentially have coming up. Uh, Villanova, Arizona is a game that could happen. So uh, just uh, my my two teams of just garbage, Arizona and Villanova. So um, yeah, lots of lots of good tournaments, good good basketball. Uh, baseball. Uh, Jose Altuve won the AL MVP. Giancarlo Stanton won the NL MVP over Joey Votto in, what, the fourth closest uh, voting yeah. ever. Uh, he won, what, 302 to 300. Uh, I am fine with Stanton winning it, but now you get those people that are talking about, well, what does valuable mean? And maybe you need to change the award because those two two guys were on teams that were not even close to making the playoffs. Uh, I guess Miami was for a little bit, but they faded down the stretch. So does MVP need to be changed to MOP, most outstanding player, like they do with the Final Four in college basketball? Just the best player that year. And people are going to look at the winning teams first. That's where they're going to start. And then they look at Washington, and nobody stands out there. Look at the Cubs and the Dodgers, nobody stands out there. So they go, well, Jesus Christ, this guy almost hit 16 home runs. And uh, Votto was better than everybody, but uh, wasn't on a good team. 
If Cincinnati had the same record as Miami, I think Votto wins it. I was surprised he was so close. I mean, Craig's two votes away from that. Yep. Um, I, I argued for Votto to win it. I'm fine with Stanton, but Votto was just so much better uh, as a hitter than everybody else. Uh, I thought Judge should have won over Altuve, so I have a little issue with that. But uh, everything else was fine. All right. Very good there. So uh, anything... Of note, I, we kind of talked about the free agency a little bit last weekend, but or last week. But uh, anything that you're looking at here uh, coming up here in the imminent future? I think Stanton goes to the Cardinals. I don't know if I said that last week. Yep. But Giants are in the running for them as for him as well. Yeah, Stanton to the Cardinals is what I'm thinking because they just have the most most to offer. All right. Uh, let's see. NBA. Um, not a whole lot here that I'm, I guess I'm seeing other than the Celtics are red hot. Uh, they keep, they keep winning here. And, uh, somehow the Dallas Mavericks beat the Milwaukee Bucks by like 44. I don't know how the hell that happened, but it did. Um, I have a friend who's a diehard Milwaukee Bucks, uh, fan, or, uh, you know, he's a diehard Milwaukee Bucks fan, and he was not very happy about that. But uh, anything from the NBA that uh, that tripped your trigger? Uh, Sixers are pretty good. They are. Uh, ben Simmons is doing well in his uh, rookie year. They have 18 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. He's very good. Embiid, hope he can stay healthy. He's good. Yep. Got old Bob, old Bob Covington from uh, Tennessee State. He signed a big uh, contract, four years, fifty-six million. He's a good little player, averaging uh, sixteen a game for them. So good for Bob Covington in the jackpot. But uh, I would like to see the. Uh, the well, would you say the East is more exciting than it has been in a uh, uh, hundred years? Because you got Philadelphia, <laughs> team that's uh, worth a damn. You've got, of course, Cleveland's fine. Boston's very good. You've got Milwaukee. You like Canada Coupo. Yep. Uh, there's something to actually uh, look forward to when it comes to the East. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. You know, like you said, the Boston, the win streak is is huge. You have Cleveland, of course, so with the LeBron James. Detroit's playing really well. They, I mean, they swept the series it's, from the Timberwolves this good. year. Yeah, Philadelphia with all of their young talent. I mean, Ben Simmons, that was a great game between them and the Lakers last week. Uh and of course, you know, you have the, the Greeks are good. Yeah. The are all right. Yep, yep. Uh, the Greek freak, we know about him. So that's, that's big there. Yeah, that means no, this is a, the East is looking good this year. Um, and yet you still have your garbage teams like Chicago and Atlanta, but you have garbage out in the West in Sacramento and Dallas. So um, that's I think, good. Uh, and I'm, I don't know if uh, people, I would say people greatly overestimated how good the West was going to be. I'm surprised how bad the Clippers are. They've lost eight in a row. Uh, five and ten. Well, goddamn, that's I thought they were better than that. I I did too. Um, but they they've fallen on hard times here. Uh, losers of eight in a row. Some of these games have been close, and you know, look at the competition that they've played. It's it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, the Clippers. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily means that Chris Paul was all that was the kind of the glue that held this team together, but certainly it's not looking good so far for them. Oh, yeah, they're, you know, 50, 55-win team with them. Without them, you know, they may not finish over a 500, so he's a big deal. Um, yeah, Golden State, Houston, Golden folks, Spurs always there. 
Northwest would be a good little deal there between them. I mean, Denver's fun to watch. Portland, I like their guards. And uh, Timberwolves doing fine. So uh, the West, uh, West not so hot. Not so hot right now. Again, you just got Golden State, Houston, Spurs, and everybody else. And uh, my weekly time to panic mode here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've only won five games in a row, and they've only be- they've only been beating you know some solid teams, you know like the the Knicks and the Hornets on the road, and all oh, the Mavs. They beat them. They beat the Clippers at home. They beat the Pistons on the road. Panic time in Cleveland. They have the fourth best record in the East. I'm sure they'll finish with the second best record. Uh, they lost a bad team, then they've beaten a good team. So that's that's what they've done. They beat Boston. They beat Milwaukee. Uh, they they beat the Wizards. They beat Milwaukee again. They beat uh, they beat the Pistons. They beat the good teams. Lose to the bad teams. Lose to the Hawks. Lose to the Pacers. Lose to the Pelicans. Lose to the Nets. For Christ's sake. But uh, if you want to look at something, I would say not not you know. Will Boston beat Cleveland? I think that's a decision. Yep. I, I mean, right now it's it's tough to go against Boston uh, and what Kyrie Irving and Brad Stevens are doing there. But um, you know, I I'm curious to see what the Cavs do when or if Isaiah Thomas comes back here in January. Just how much of a difference maker that will be to this team. It'll make a difference. Definitely make a difference. So, uh, and I mean, I, Boston's. Boston's won 16 in a row and nobody's talking about it at all. I wouldn't say no one's talking about it. I think plenty of people are talking about it, but it gets overshadowed by the likes of, uh, you know, Lonzo Ball and, uh, you know, Cleveland and, and all that sort of jazz here. Uh, not the Utah Jazz. And, I, of course, I was being uh, facetious and a little sarcastic with the panic mode here in Cleveland. They're, they're riding the ship. That's fine. Um... Speaking of, oh, no, no, not even going to go there. I was going to go something with LeVar Ball and... Um, you, I mean, you, these are the two people you hate the most. I do. Send them both to North Korea. Out of the Ball family, the only guy that could make you root for the Ball family. And look at him go. Yeah, you know what? I, you know, uh, no, I don't even know what to... Send them both to North Korea. How's that sound? Send them both. Send them both. Uh it's just so, so stupid. You know, a tweet. LeVar, shut the hell up. That's all I got to say. Um, I hope he has a terrible Thanksgiving. I really do. Uh, those UCLA players, by the way, suspended indefinitely. Uh, did any of them get released? No. Okay. Um, that's a shame. They probably should do that, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, college football. Uh, SD- oh. SDSU, a big win over USD. Uh, then they get the five seed, and guess who they, they're going to get in the second round after their bye? You and I! You and I! They're, they're going to take... You and I, you and me. Yeah, you and I are going to take on SDSU. I, I don't like our chances necessarily, but uh, if, if we have Kurt Warner and David Johnson with us, we might have a chance. Well... Jack's fans will find a way to bitch about them, I suppose. And they got their wish. Don't got to play North Dakota State until the finals. You're right. Here they are. The, the, the one team that beat them this year at home. Here it is. Yeah, I just... Northern Iowa. I, you know, when you just look at the bracket as it played out, I, 
You know what? Yes, I'm not going to complain too much. It is, you know, SDSU can beat Northern Iowa. It's not a huge deal, but it is. It does make it a little bit more difficult. I'm not. I I actually give SDSU a better chance to beat Central Arkansas than I do Northern Iowa. I don't know if I go that far. I mean, Central Arkansas plays in a shit division. In a shit conference. Yeah, I mean, you well, know, you got to go on the road and you got you to gotta do it. Well, Northern Iowa, I mean, SDSU, they're going to play a team in their conference in the second round. Yep. Whether it was going to be USD, Northern Iowa, Western, whoever. So that's, that's what they have to do. Well, I think they're going to beat Northern Iowa. I was just, it would have been nice to have someone else. Like, how come they couldn't get Northern Arizona and San Diego on that side? Because they're out west. Well, I mean, that's what, but North Dakota State gets them. That's all I'm saying. But you're right, North Dakota State on the opposite side. Uh, they get a, they're going to have a cakewalk down to Frisco. It's going to be SDSU or JMU, James Madison, I think, coming out of the left side of the bracket. But we will say at least SDSU got a bye, and uh, that was a good win against uh, USD, and Dallas Goddard's catch. I mean, if, if, if there's any doubt that he's the number one tight end in the in the country, or at least among the discussion here, if you want to throw the Oklahoma tight end in, I'm fine with that. Penn State's tight end, that's great. But Dallas Goddard's catch on third and one against USD was sensational. Have you seen this catch? Uh, I saw this catch live, actually, on a Marcus Traxter phone. This was a uh, very good catch. Great catch. I mean, he just snakes this one-handed like it's nothing. And we've seen him do one-handed catches before, so this is nothing new. But falling back and just not even having to bring it into his body, it's just incredible. That This guy is... How did how did SDSU land him? Or how did he become so good? You know, with the flying under the radar, the Britain bomber, Dallas Goddard, a name you'll never forget. I mean, all of SDSU's great players are just guys that are just random guys. Yep. They're, uh, I mean, Walters was just a guy. Dom was a guy. Hmm. Uh, you had uh, Goddard. He was a, I think he got a scholarship. He was a walk-on. Zenner? Just some guy. Yeah, Zenner. Just some guy from Western Minnesota. So, other great guys, are, uh, they, they develop and develop them into something special. So, good for them. And, uh, yeah, I would say... James Madison North Dakota State rematch. We're going to get that. Yep i i kind of i kind of agree with that as well. Uh, college football weekend though, not a whole lot happening here. We're, we're very excited for the Iron Bowl between Auburn and Alabama. I'm leaning towards Auburn to win that game. But uh, anything else from the college football weekend other than Jim Moore getting fired? Jim Moore Jr. getting fired on his birthday that uh, that caught your attention. I uh, didn't see much. Good week not to see anything. Nothing yep. happened. Uh, Brian Kelly maybe going to Florida. Uh, talking with UCLA. I would imagine you go to Florida. Over that, uh, Baker Mayfield grabbing his dick and ball. That was fun. Uh, big fan of this guy. Big fan of this guy. He doesn't get to be the captain on senior night. Big fucking deal. Uh, he's going to win the Heisman in three weeks, so good for him. Now, and uh, yeah, I want to see what he does in the NFL. Now, let, now let me ask you this here, because you and I were both, again, I'm sorry, I, I brought Northern Iowa into the discussion. I am sorry. Uh, Travis, okay. Travis and yours truly were both on Johnny Manziel. We thought coming out of that draft 
that Johnny uh, Manziel was going to be something special in the NFL, that he was the best quarterback of the bunch, that we'd like to see him on the Vikings uh, instead of, you know, the Derek Carr or Teddy Bridgewater. And yes. uh, and he's flamed out in part, I, I'm thinking it's because he was with the Cleveland Browns who have a track record for being absolutely terrible. But, at the again... He's out, and I've heard the comparison. It's hard not to see it, you know, Baker Mayfield to Johnny Manziel. I've even heard of Ted Cruz, you know, on Duke, uh, the Grayson Allen. Uh, I mean, just with his antics and stuff. Do you think, I mean, do we think he's a better person than Johnny Manziel? I would say yes. I think he could control that a little bit more. But do we think he's going to do anything stupid to, uh, once he gets that NFL chance, to wreck it in a matter of like two or three years? Manziel, he thought booze and drugs were more important. So, you know, with him, he played a couple games. I mean, we never got to see what he could actually do. And he ended up with the worst team he could possibly go to. So, yeah, I would have loved to have seen him with the Vikings. I mean, we've seen it doesn't take too much of a quarterback for the Vikings to be good. Um, like, Baker Mayfield doesn't do anything to hurt his team. There's no penalties here. He doesn't be his girlfriend. doesn't be his wife. Or as I know, on pills and shit. Um, he is—he's a shit talker because uh, he knows he's—he's he's the best. He knows he's the best, and that's uh, great. I mean, Kansas. Uh, yeah, I think so. he said something to Kansas like that, dude. You've got one win. Uh, shut the hell up. Talk you know, well, I mean, basketball. You're basketball. Just it's, Kansas, yeah. Kansas instigated this by not shaking his hand. And at first, when you look at the video. I was looking more at the kids. Like, the kids aren't shaking Baker Mayfield's hand. And I was like, and I thought maybe Baker was upset that the kids weren't doing anything here. But after the game? No, okay. this was before. This is for the toss. You know, Baker Mayfield's, you know, the captains shake hands, have a good game. And uh, Kansas didn't. They didn't shake Baker Mayfield's hand at all. Uh, and I think that's what really instigated this. And then, you know, a cheap shot by a Kansas uh, defensive back or something, a late hit that probably should have gotten him, uh, the Kansas guy ejected, and then Baker just goes off on the Kansas crowd, I'm sure all like five people there, not the I am, not the kid with the I am sad poster, that kid uh, will live in uh, infamy, or not infamy, but um, good, good job kid, uh, you're, you're famous now, and I think everyone feels your pain with how bad this Kansas program is. Yeah, screw Kansas. I'm sure they had a reason not to shake hands with them, but uh, you're shit-talking Baylor before the game and they almost lost to Baylor. It's, I mean, he's fun to watch. He's, uh, he's fun to watch. So uh, I'm intrigued by him. I'll be like a fifth, sixth-round pick. And, I mean, this this stuff should not hurt his, his draft stock. Fifth I mean, or sixth I mean, round? Yeah, I were. What? No, yeah, wait. He's, he's, not, he's, yeah, he's, not, he's like second or third-round talent here. Second or third-round well, yeah, talent-wise, but guess what, Stack? And he's short. He's short, so those short guys, and he, and he likes to run a lot. Oh, he's so, got, uh, he's probably got like those that. small hands, too. They're not going to like those uh, those short, short short guys that run, as we know. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he ever uh, gets a chance uh, in the NFL. It'll be, uh, I mean, I would like my favorite team to pick him as a backup and see what he can do. Um, but, yeah, good good for him, and uh, maybe he'll make the playoff and play Alabama. You know, that goes for him. Yeah, and Miami survived a scare with Virginia here. I we're looking at this college football playoff here, and it's really now I think down to six six teams really. Uh, six. Yep, it's gonna it's coming down to Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Wisconsin, Clemson, 
and Miami. Oh, did I forget? To, oh, and Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Seven teams. Seven teams. Coincidentally or not, they're the top seven teams ranked in the in the college football playoff. But I, I don't see any other team past seven that's going to be able to make it in. I really don't. Uh, Ohio State. Nope. Nope. I don't. I, I don't. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose so. But every team in front of them is going to lose. Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin's out. Uh, Alabama beats Auburn. Auburn's out. Alabama beats Georgia. Georgia's out. Uh, Clemson, Miami. Whoever loses that is out. So I think. Who? Well, I mean, we 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 play this hypothetical here from time to time. But let's say again, just for the sake of discussion here, Auburn beats Alabama, beats Georgia. They're in the t- the championship game, right? Yep. Uh, Auburn is in. I would put them as the one seed with two losses. I don't know if they will. But, uh, yeah, they will have beaten the number one team in the country twice in three weeks. That is goddamn impressive. Oklahoma wins the – they beat West Virginia, then they win the the Big 12 championship. They're in, right? Yeah, Tennessee, TCU, Iowa State, whoever the hell they play, doesn't matter. They win good for them. Clemson and Miami play in the ACC championship game. Wonderful. Winner of that is in, right? Yep, so you're in one spot, you go to the Big Ten. Or – do you give it to one loss, Alabama? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the discussion. Two loss, Ohio State. Uh, undefeated Wisconsin. One loss, Alabama. Hello, we talk about Wisconsin schedule. Uh, the Sagarin ratings, you're familiar with the Sagarin ratings? Yes. yep. They have uh, Wisconsin with a tougher schedule than Alabama. Alabama does not have a tough schedule. I think that will change when they beat Auburn, or if they beat uh, Georgia, that will definitely change. But if they don't beat Auburn... I don't see how Alabama gets in. I mean, it's their name, but their schedule, I mean, their wins. We said this last week. They beat Mississippi yep. State. They beat LSU. They don't have the wins. Florida State I ended up, did not end up being what we thought they were. To, uh, just look at the schedule. Alabama doesn't have the wins. So, but, I, mean, I would leave them out. So, but would you – okay, so a one-loss Alabama team or an undefeated Wisconsin team, you're putting Wisconsin in. And I and I, I'm totally fine with that. I would, but I you because they would be Ohio State, Alabama. I mean, but if you it would, comes down to that. I would. I've made my decision now of Wisconsin over a one-loss Alabama. But would you put a two-loss Ohio State squad over a one-loss Alabama? That's difficult. Ohio State will have beaten Wisconsin and Oklahoma. I probably would. Yes. No, Ohio, Ohio State, State lost to Oklahoma. Oh yeah, they did lose to Oklahoma. So, yeah, I mean, they, their big wins would be uh, Wisconsin uh, and, and Penn State. And and so Michigan? I, would, I mean, but Michigan yeah, would have four uh, losses at that point. So Michigan and Iowa, all those Big Ten teams that are okay. I mean, they got, they got trounced by Iowa. And that, and that Iowa loss looks really bad now considering Iowa's lost back-to-back weeks. So they lost to Purdue this last weekend. Yeah, so... I mean, it's a discussion. I'm sure Alabama, just based on name, is going to get the benefit of the doubt, and I hope that doesn't happen. But, but at the same time, doesn't wouldn't Ohio State be getting the benefit of the doubt too by, by having two losses over, over like over one lost Alabama team? I guess that's the that's the whole thing in all of this yeah. here. I mean, if you're going to look at two lost teams, Auburn is the only uh, Auburn is the clear case. Like, hey, they have two losses, but look at the teams that they beat. Their their victories would be far greater or far better than any win that Ohio State has. 
But then, if you're going to look at it, yes, Ohio State does only have two losses. That's that's all well and good. But you look at that versus a one-loss Alabama team, and I I don't know necessarily that Ohio State would be better. I would be a little upset if Ohio State got in over Alabama, but I could I can see the argument. But that's and that's why I'm saying we're just doing the hypothetical here. Um, I because what if uh, what if Georgia beats Alabama? I mean, you're you could still get two SEC teams in, assuming you know Georgia and Alabama meet. You know, and then it's gonna Very come, good. and then you're gonna have to come or like or does Alabama not get in over a a, a Wisconsin an undefeated Wisconsin? Then I I think if Alabama if Alabama beats Auburn, it takes. Auburn, it takes Auburn out and it takes Ohio State out, and then you're then it comes at least for at least for the time being, assuming Oklahoma would win out, and then you would have either Clemson or Miami, and then it would come down to w- whether or not Wisconsin can actually do it. I think that's the. And old- I think Ohio State's in there until the the final week here. I don't think. Um- I think it would be better for them if Alabama just won the whole deal. Then Ohio State would jump Auburn. They'd jump Georgia, be up to six. They'd jump Wisconsin. They'd be up to five. And they'd probably jump the uh, ACC loser. And then uh, Ohio State's in top four. So if things go the way they should, if the favorites win, Ohio State has to hope that the favorites win. And if the favorites win, either they're going to be the last team in or the last team out. No, I, I I agree. I, if you're Ohio State, you have to cheer for Alabama to to just run through this gauntlet here, Auburn and then Georgia. You have to do it. I mean, that's the that's the only real realistic way I think that Ohio State even has a chance to get in. I, I think I think they've got a pretty good chance because they should beat Wisconsin. We'll see how this, the Big Ten championship game has been I, has been weird. Yes, it has. I mean, they, they beat, beat Michigan, beat Wisconsin, just win these two games. And uh, I think Ohio State's sitting uh, sitting pretty right now. I, I think uh, I think Pitt beats Miami this week. Yeah, Pitt, uh, Miami. They sure. I mean, Charlie said a couple of weeks ago on the on the hangout when the bright lights are out there, Miami appears to play well. When it's the uh, when it's the noon game, they don't appear to give a shit. So uh, they didn't sure as hell didn't show me much against Virginia. Yep. I think they lose at Pitt. Yeah, I think Auburn, uh-huh. Alabama. Uh I'm just, I just think a one-loss Alabama team is going to throw a huge wrench into everything. It's going to create a lot of discussion here. And I would say this. If if a one-loss Alabama team does not get in, let's say, let's say for just the sake of discussion here, you get a two-loss Auburn team and a two-loss Ohio State team in there, and uh, let's say Clemson and Oklahoma. Let's just throw those four in there. I guarantee you within th- two or three years – that college football playoff gets in jumped to eight teams because not having Alabama in there with one loss, you know, and having all, I think people would be accepted uh, acceptant of the fact that Auburn gets in with two losses, but Ohio State, oh, I think there would be a lot of pissed off people. Big Ten, uh, maybe the our most powerful conference. Yeah, if the Big Ten doesn't. If the Big Ten champ doesn't get in, then there's going to be some shit. To, Shit hitting the fan right there. So, so either yeah. so we're looking at potentially either either scenario here. Either the Big Ten gets shut out, 
or a one-loss Alabama team gets shut out. If if either one of those scenarios happen, we're gonna it's I that's gonna be interesting. That I don't know necessarily about. And you know what? I I shouldn't. We shouldn't just pencil Georgia in here. Uh, so they have to beat Georgia Tech this week. I think they will do that. And then they would have to, they have to beat either Alabama or Auburn. Uh, and so Georgia, it's highly unlikely that they're going to do it. But if Georgia wins, Georgia has to win this week in order for them to remain in this discussion at all, regardless of you know them being in the SEC championship game or not, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got to win out. I mean, I don't think I don't think they're beating Gatech. They got Tech gets them. So I think uh, I think this week you're going to have Georgia get upset and Miami get upset. That's going to really clear up the picture. Sure. Then it's going to go from eight to six. And uh, the Big Ten game is a play-in, and um, ACC is a play-in. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think yeah. Hopefully, I think there's going to be a couple upsets this this week. Okay. Well, I. I, oh, okay. I yeah. Ohio State. They've got a very good win against Oklahoma, right? No, Oklahoma beat Ohio State. That's right. Why? Why is USC at eleven? Um, because they got smoked by Notre Dame, and they have a three-point okay. loss to Washington State. I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, those are pretty two good losses. Those are, those aren't bad. They got smoked by Notre Dame. I mean, Washington State, I mean, why is USC at 11 and Ohio State's at 8? I, I mean, I mean, Penn State is good. Uh, come from behind winning against Penn State. But I think that that big win over Michigan State opened a lot of people's eyes, right or wrong. I think the Penn State win was the difference. Because uh, we're, I mean, we're talking about Ohio State getting in, which I think they could. We're not talking about USC getting in. They're 11th for whatever reason. So we're not talking about them getting in. Uh, TCU with two losses. Let's say they win the conference. We're not talking about TCU getting in. But uh, for whatever reason, Ohio State—they always—they're—they're they're always there. Ohio yeah. State—they're always there. And Oklahoma, for the most part. Yeah, Oklahoma's always there. So it's going to be fascinating here to see what happens. Good week of college football here after last week. What the hell happened to that? Well, I mean, it was—it was snowing. You know how much weather impacted games across the Midwest on uh, on Saturday. I mean, Indiana and Rutgers was delayed for a while. Uh, Michigan State played in a snow, uh, snow sleet storm. So, I mean, Illinois State, North Dakota State was a uh, had a lot of weather issues. So, just uh, just a difficult uh, Saturday in November. Weather didn't appear to affect Northwestern. Well, well, yeah, that's true. Minnesota's getting to a bowl game. I understand at five and seven. God, yeah. This is the reason why they need to cut down on bowl games. That's for sure. Get rid of the bowl games. Anything? Right. Anything else in the sports world that going on here before we say so long? Uh, the UCLA players. They uh, Seth Greenberg thought they should be out for the year, which I'd be fine with. Yep. Jay Williams thought a couple games would be, you know, three, four, five games would be fine. Nope. Yep, I know we were in agreement here. Um, and Jay Williams was like, you know, they're kids. I'm kind of uh, 
tired of the kids' arguments. Um, because when they make this argument, um, like, do you not know? You're, I mean, you're 18, 20 years old. Do you not know it's wrong to steal? Right. I mean, is that something to learn when you're 20 years old, 30 years old? I would like to ask Jay Williams, when, so when is when are these 18-year-old kids supposed to learn that it's not right to steal? I mean, for Christ's sake, when you're 10 years old. You know, you know? It, it's one thing to, you know, maybe get caught, like, possession. Like, if you accidentally came into something, and I don't know, I don't know how, it, but it's not like these sunglasses mysteriously got put into their sweatshirts or whatever, or or their pockets, you know, it. They, they actually did it. I mean, they knew fully well what they were doing. If you... And things with drugs and alcohol, and they'll make the excuse, oh, you know, they're, they're only kids. They're only, you know, 20 years old and drunk driving and drugs and all that. Well, maybe they but shouldn't you know, be playing basketball at a Pac-12 university. Get them out of here. Uh, you know that's wrong. So this this kids, I'm not, that's not an excuse for me. No, oh, I agree. Kids. I agree with they, you one hundred percent. They know, they know what they're doing is illegal and wrong. So that's no excuse. That's it's bullshit. it's it's different than this is way different than say Baker Mayfield and the maturity and stuff. You know, you're the in game emotions. Like yes, you you need to be a little more mature, Baker. But that's but that's in game, and he's not doing anything against the law. This is against the law. You're stealing. You're shoplifting. I mean, it's it's. Uh, blatant it's it's plain as day so i'm i'm you and i are in complete agreement with seth greenberg here i think anything you know from half a season i i would i'm fine if they suspend him the whole season if you want to do a half season and then don't say oh you know we're giving you the right to transfer no you get your you sit your asses down you do you work in the classroom if you want to you know transfer after that or you know if you want to declare for the nba fine but Otherwise, come back. You're more than welcome to come back, but sit your ass down for the year. Fine with me. Also, uh, I'm intrigued by the bowl game predictions. I haven't looked at the bowl games uh, for a long time, and now we're getting down there. We're looking at the playoff, know what teams are going to be in those other bowl games. Um, You'd have Auburn and maybe Central Florida in the Peach Bowl. If Auburn doesn't win it, Uh, Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl needs an ACC team, so that would probably be Miami against Georgia. Again, we all want to see Miami and Georgia because of Mark Richt in the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl has to take Notre Dame, a Big Ten, or SEC. So we like the Georgia there. Yep. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, uh, it could be anybody. Uh, Let's say it's uh, Ohio State, USC, or maybe Wisconsin, USC. USC, Pac-12 winner versus Big Ten loser. And uh, Cotton Bowl, again, could be anybody I would say maybe take uh, take Penn State and Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame's getting in with two losses, and uh, Penn State would have two losses as well. So um, those are kind of your teams right there. Uh, TCU they get left out, but uh, some yeah should be uh, should be okay. Yeah, and we're gonna get a lot of five and seven teams in here because that's great. That's just what college yeah, football needs. But terrible. But I digress. Mr. Crins, uh, th- you know, have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the food. Enjoy all the football. And, uh, okay. you know, thankful that we're able to do this podcast together here and all the help that you provide. So thank you for that. And I uh, hope you have a great holiday, my friend. So once that Vikings game is done about 2.30, we're going to go uh, a little nuts on the college basketball here. So that'll be fun.
Yes, absolutely. Have a great uh, have a great holiday. I'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective, as always, on all things sports. Yep. Oh, turkey and the football. And you know, I much more. I would much rather. I, I, I like the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and the gravy and the dinner rolls and maybe the pie. The turkey actually comes secondary. Actually, it was really cool. Sunday night uh, during the, the Philadelphia Eagles Dallas Cowboys telecast, they showed a cutaway of a turkey farm in Alexandria, Minnesota. Which is a hundred miles away from me, uh, but just cool because it, it. Why they showed a turkey farm in Alexandria, Minnesota, and not some. I, mean, I don't know if they grow turkeys in Texas or not. I would assume not. Uh, apparently, Minnesota is a a big turkey uh, industry in that in the in the state. But uh, just weird that NBC would choose to do a cutaway to Minnesota during the Cowboys Eagles game, but. I digress. It was fun. Uh, we'll continue the college football talk, though, next with Charlie Hildebrand uh, from the Sioux City Journal. Play some bull bound or not. And we'll wrap up the Sports Block podcast with a look at uh, what else going or uh, what happened in Week 11 in the NFL and make some picks for Week 12 here. It's the Sports Block podcast now on iTunes. Also, uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at ND Stackin. Otherwise, on Facebook, Nathan Stackin. Have a link posted to the podcast. Most times during the middle of the week, we did get uh, late posting out here. Posted on Monday was um, last week's podcast was posted this Monday, November twentieth. So apologies for the delay, but we got it up. So take a listen to that. Great stuff as always. But again, uh, Sports Block Podcast now available on iTunes. Coming up next here, Charlie Hildebrand with college football thoughts, and we'll play some bull bound or not here. It's coming up next, Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here, Sports Block Podcast. Pleased to be joined by my good friend. Uh, you know him with the barbecue sauce and the college football and everything. Mr. Charlie Hildebrand, uh, let me be among the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, you and I both enjoy our Thanksgiving full of uh, overeating delicious food and overwatching delicious football. Yes, yes, both on Thursday and Friday. And then. Uh, why not continue to uh, indulge ourselves over the weekend? Before we get to that, though, let's just look back to last week here. Um, not really anything of note. Hey, Minnesota, after putting up 54 points on the on uh, Nebraska, scored a big old fat goose egg against Northwestern. Uh, a lot of games were in some shitty conditions this week, especially part across the middle part of the country. You know, Michigan State had a lot of snow. Uh, North Dakota State, Illinois State, for whatever that's worth, had a lot of... Uh, yeah, I didn't watch that game, but I saw a picture of it online, and it looked uh, it looked pretty brutal there. Yeah, so uh, weather impacted several games this week, and then, I mean, you know, then, uh, you know, the St. Mary's School for the Blind and the St. George School for the Poor, they had to go play the likes of Alabama and Clemson, so, I mean... That wasn't much of note. Perhaps the biggest thing of note this week was Baker Mayfield's actions against Kansas. Would you agree with that? Um, I mean, maybe. I think that's the only reason those that the Mayfield stuff's getting as much play, just because there wasn't a whole lot going on. And I don't know. It seems like some people are really upset about it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I get that. I think him being, you know... Uh, not starting the game. You know, like, I'm okay with that as punishment. Just 
Like, I'm not going to condone what he did, but it's also kind of like, you know, if we're going to be really upset about this, like, we're going to have to go back and look at a lot of great college football players. And it's like, oh, one time you spit in a guy's face on the bottom of a pile or stuff like that. That, I don't know, it's odd. For those that don't know, Baker Mayfield, uh, Oklahoma played Kansas this week. It was in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh it started out, Kansas, I think, was the one that instigated this because they refused to shake Baker Mayfield's hand during the coin. They refused to shake his hand, and then also a Kansas defensive back, like, took a, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, it would 15 years ago, it would have just been probably a roughing the passer. Now he should have been ejected, but the Kansas guy wasn't yep. on a cheap shot on a pass play. Yep. And, I, I mean, I don't know, it's. Maybe my favorite thing about this is when ESPN shows images of it, they blur his crotch. Right. We mistakenly give the image like he actually whipped his junk out. Right. He did not. But when you see that, they're like, we better blur this. It's like, you know, you're actually making it worse than it even is. Exactly. So he had a little crotch grab in there. He yelled... Um, uh, something about your mother. Oh, I basketball to Kansas fans. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he, he taunted the fans. So it, it's not a good look for him necessarily. Now there's, you know, people are kind of comparing him to, you know, the Grayson Allen of Duke in college basketball or, you know, Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. I don't think he's either quite that, he's not quite that extreme, but don't you think he needs to grow up and mature just a wee bit uh, to make sure that he has a bright future in the NFL? I mean, hopefully he does. Like like I said before, I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning the stuff that he did, but I just, I don't know, I think there's times we make too big of a deal about it. Like, if we think of just, you know, when we were that age in college, just doing anything competitive with friends, mm-hmm. like there would be times people would do stuff like that. I think the only difference is that it was caught on camera, and then it was broadcast to and millions of people, and that's the only and yeah, and that's the only reason we're making a big deal about it. I and, mean, and he is South Dakota State. We probably both heard or saw worse stuff in like intramural basketball or flag football games. Mm-hmm. Well, right, but he is on a top five team in the country. He is kind of a public figure now, and I mean. Let's face it, he he just he still shouldn't be doing this stuff, but he was provoked a little bit. Kansas needs to be a little more mature too, or maybe Kansas should just have a football team. I don't know. I mean I mean that might help. But either way, uh Oklahoma is dealing with it internally. Baker Mayfield will not start against West Virginia this upcoming week. Um so be Which it I would assume means he won't play the first series and then we'll play every series after that. Right. I mean, that's what you would hope, because it, what, it will be senior day and whatnot. I don't think he's, he's not a senior, is he? Uh, he is a senior. He is a senior. Oh, yeah. Finally. Yep. Yeah. After all these years. And doesn't it seem, so like, it, it, I would say two of the three biggest moments for Baker Mayfield have been stuff that doesn't involve his play on the field. May, you know, the planting of the flag at Ohio State, for which he apologized, and then this crotch grab. Which he apologized afterward. I think those are the top two that come to mind, and then maybe if you want to throw in his, you know, his big day against Oklahoma State a few weeks back. But I guess that those are the 
two of the things that immediately come to mind, which isn't good if those aren't on the field sorts of actions. That's not what you want to be known for. I think we should also throw in, if you're going to say the biggest moments, we should throw in what immediately preceded the flag planting, and that was that he beat like an absolutely loaded Ohio State defense, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Columbus. Yep. Yep, no doubt. And didn't, didn't uh, Katy Perry have something, uh, doesn't she have an, uh, a thing with him or for him? That wasn't Baker Mayfield. That was the previous guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Forever something. Forever Knight, I think. Oh, yes, yes. My mistake. Yeah. But how could you not love Baker Mayfield? That's okay. They're both, I mean, they're both undersized, fairly mobile, like white quarterbacks in Oklahoma. I mean, it's, it happens. I'm not going to hold it against you yeah. Nothing really else as of note. I guess, um, you know, uh, Greer, the quarterback, for, Will Greer, quarterback for West Virginia, broke his finger, so he's... Oh, did you see that? I, I did not. I'm kind of glad I didn't. I heard... I, I got, a like, a, a slight visual. Essentially, it was bent all the way back. Uh, is that what... Uh, is that correct? I didn't see it live. I saw it on Twitter, because I had to work uh, Obits on Saturday, in addition to working sports later at night, so I didn't see a lot of stuff except the super late game but I saw it online and it was basically someone was like check out this injury and it was him running to the sidelines yep. and the way he was holding his arm I thought it was his elbow or his shoulder because it was kind of zoomed out Yep. And I was like well I mean he's holding it weird but I don't get why people are freaking out that doesn't look close and then I kept scrolling down on Twitter and someone mentioned finger and I watched it again looking specifically at his hand, and I was like, oh, yep, your finger's not supposed to bend that way. <laughs> That's problematic on your throwing hand to have a broken finger. Well, I will uh, I will wait to look at it until after our interview's done so I don't throw up in the middle of it here because I can get a little squeamish at some if of these sports you don't want to watch it. Well, I, I probably still will because now it's like a train wreck. You, you don't want to watch it, but you can't turn away. You know what I mean? So, And I should say, like, it, it, it's not in like the top five worst ones I've ever seen. It's not as bad as like the Louisville guy breaking his leg. It's not like that. But it's definitely like, ooh, that's uh, Elsewhere here, let's see, uh, Florida State put up 77 on Delaware State. That's um, yay for them, I guess. Oklahoma State loses to Kansas State, so they seem like they don't really want to play in the Big 12 championship game at all. Uh, Virginia... Nobody wants to play Oklahoma again, I guess. Uh, That's right. Uh, Virginia had a 14-point lead over Miami and ended up uh, giving up 30 straight points and loses 44-28. So Miami staying alive for that college football playoff. Wisconsin takes care of business against Michigan. Michigan lost another quarterback to a concussion. But really... Not a whole lot else as... Can I mention one? Can I mention my favorite thing that happened? Yes. It was the way Washington and Utah ended, because I watched that. That was the Pac-12 after dark game. I did see you mention that on Twitter. Didn't get done until like 1.30 in the morning. Because the thing that happened, I've only seen, I think, two other times before, is that it, it boils down to Washington had the ball first and 10 after getting a punt, or after receiving a punt with like 30 seconds left in the game. Utah only had two timeouts left. So if they called timeouts but Washington ran the ball, the clock would run out. The first play, Washington runs for three yards. Utah quickly calls a timeout. And I remember thinking, why are you calling a timeout? All that can happen is it's just two more plays and you're still going to go to overtime. So clearly Washington wanted to 
play for overtime. Yep. Utah wanted to get the ball back. After Utah called timeout, Washington came out and said, you know what? Maybe this is Washington on like their own 25. This is like, maybe we'll try to score. Washington throws like a 30 yard pass, guy gets out of bounds, then throws like a 15 yard pass, guy gets out of bounds. They kick a field goal from like the 19 yard line on the last play of the game to win. And there's only two other times I can think of, uh, both in 2011, and I only say that because they're sort of interesting things that were relevant to the college football season that year. One was when Baylor beat Oklahoma, which helped Robert Griffin III win the Heisman Trophy. Yep. And then the other, which you may remember because I know you're not a Wisconsin guy, Kirk Cousins and Michigan State throwing the Hail Mary on the last play of the game to beat the Badgers and Russell Wilson. And it's just a when one team wants to play overtime and you say, no, 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 I want the ball back in a tie game, usually it doesn't end that way, but it's just like kind of the interesting, be careful what you wish for, because sometimes it'll make the other team change their MO. And, you know, in today's day and age, especially in college, where a first down stops the clock until they move the chains, mm-hmm. like 40 seconds of an eternity. Yes. When you only need a field goal to win. And especially when you can stop the clock at, when the clock stops after a first down. Yeah. What? Yep. You're right. That's. Yeah. I, I don't have too much more to add to that. Uh, other note, I mean, I was watching this USC UCLA game a little bit here. Uh, UCLA loses 28-23. Sam Darnold does not look very good. We'll get. Uh, we'll get to Jim Mora here in a second because UCLA looks awfully bad for doing what they did after the game on Sunday. But does Sam Darnold need to come back for another year, do you think? Because he struggled this year. Should he or could he? Should he? Should he go back? Um, I'm maybe not the best person to answer this because I'm selfish and I always want people to come back because I like college football more than the NFL. Sure. I think he's still probably going to get drafted in the top five, though. And if you're if you're a top fifteen pick, I think you generally should just go pro. You know, or if you're you know a guy whose speed is important, so you know a running back, a receiver, a yep. defensive back, then I would say maybe like if you're in the first two rounds, you should go with given the chance. And since I think even if he's not has been great at times, I think Darnold's still easily going to go in the top fifteen. So Don't. I mean, I, I think he could. If he came back, I think it could help him. But the other problem is, is the more film you get and the more time they have to pick you apart, the more flaws they'll find, whether they're real flaws or flaws that aren't as big of a deal as they should be. And which is like maybe one of the easiest examples I can think of. Other USC quarterbacks Matt Liner. with Matt Weiner yep. came back with like 12th or whatever. And then uh, I'm blanking on the guy in like 2011 or 12 that came back for USC's last season because they finally were done with the bull ban. Oh. And he, uh, I, I can't remember his name, but I don't think he even went in the first round. Matt, was it Matt so. Barkley? Yeah, Barkley, that's right. Yeah, you know, I guess at the beginning of the season, everyone was talking about how this was the greatest quarterback class of all time. You have, you know, you have Josh Rosen at, uh, at, at UCLA, we have Sam Darnold, 
at USC. And some people were mentioning Trace McSorley, not a whole lot. Uh, but then you have what? Is it Josh Allen? I always it's Josh Allen, right at yeah, Wyoming. Josh Allen at Wyoming. Yep, correct. And Allen has been very underwhelming this year. Uh, Darnold has not played very good. Rosen's arguably the best of the bunch, and even his UCLA team is going to struggle to make a bowl game this year. They they have to win this week just to get to bowl eligibility here. But I mean, he out of those three, he appears to be the best, and that's not a. I guess I don't know if we were overstating how good this quarterback class could be, but with Allen and um, Darnold struggling as much as they have, I just think for Darnold it might be better for him to come back for another year. And I'm I'm saying this, you know, as an unselfish, you know, college football fan. I understand what you're saying, but you also have to remember that the NFL doesn't look at it the way that you or I do. Right. That we look at things in terms of like wins and losses and that. They just care about how it looks on tape and does your arm look good and are you checking down when nobody's open and stuff like that. And, and well, the other thing, too, is I, th- I think, honestly, I think the NFL scouts just fall in love with guys. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, I'm going to compare this to, like, I mean, we've, we're guys who've been in college, whether it's happened to us or friends of ours. Like, you've seen the guy who has a crush on a girl and just makes up reasons for why they should date. It's like, oh, well, she thinks this. So that's good for me because I also think that. And it's like, no, you you said the opposite of that a month ago. You're changing your mind now. Right. And I think it's kind of like that where they just they fall in love with guys' talent and then they just make excuses for like, oh, well, it's not a big deal for this guy because this guy's good enough for it. I mean, you have 31 teams who can at least operate with a quarterback or at least scouting, and then you have the Cleveland Browns. But that's neither here nor there. Um, also, I mean... Michael David Smith on Pro Football Talk was talking about the art of looking at quarterbacks and and evaluating them. And this really had nothing to do with the draft, but so much as looking at the money that the Vikings paid Case Keenum two million dollars this year versus you know the Bears paying Mike Glennon eighteen million, um, you know guaranteed or you know, who are they, like Josh McCown, some of these other quarterbacks out there, Keenum. Now is leading the Vikings to an eight and two division, but or to an eight and two lead and first in the NFC North. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, going back to UCLA, Jim Moore Jr. gets fired on Sunday with one game left in the regular season after they fought really hard with USC. They only lose by five, and it's his birthday no less. Is UCLA just that cold hearted? Did they not know? Are they that dumb? And why would you fire him one with one game left? In the regular season, is it to just see what how the team will respond? How like if there's an interim head coach there that can do the job? What's the deal with this? Well, I can tell you why. It's because they think that by firing them before that it will give them a head start to try to get Chip Kelly. True. And they're all oh, true. Competing with Florida for them. Now I don't know if firing your coach early actually helps you do it or not. I'm not going to pretend to be. I'm an expert on hiring coaches. I've read lots of places, though, that they say that a lot of times when they, they don't fire a guy until the end of the year, it's because it's easier for the athletic director to do stuff behind the scenes sure. while everyone's focusing on whether the coach is going to get fired or not. The second you fire a coach during the season or after the regular season is over, everything shifts to who's going to be the next coach, and then they start focusing only on that. So I think it's notable that, you know, Things have played out more publicly with Florida and Tennessee because they fired their coach already, and so we just know that they're going to need a new one. 
where at other schools like Texas A&M or Nebraska, not that they are necessarily better, but since their coach is still employed, people are focused on that a little less so than on who the athletic director is going out. And, you know, you can do stuff a little bit more behind closed doors. So I, I think that's why UCLA did it. I don't know if firing them will early will help them get Chip Kelly or not. I mean, who knows what Chip Kelly's going to do. But wherever he goes, I think they're going to be a lot better than they were. Whether that Florida or, I mean, who knows? Chip Kelly could end up being at Oregon State if yeah. that's what he decides he wants to do, which would be hilarious. Yes, but. it would. Uh, but just firing Jim Mora Jr. on his birthday, that just seems a little cold. A little bit, but, you know, maybe. he's going to be well compensated for it. He yeah. gets to live that buyout life. Yeah, and maybe he could Which have. I think is like a $12 million buyout or something like that. So, I mean, well, well, certainly I agree. It's a little cold-hearted. I feel like it's still maybe in some ways worse what USC did to Lane Kiffin, though. Well, that's Because, like, if we're on a stacking... I think your birthdays, you know, once you hit 21, they kind of get a little less important each year. And once you get into, I mean, I guess you recently had a milestone birthday at 30. Right. So I guess some people would say that's a big deal. But it's still kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's my birthday, but I mean, I don't know. You just don't get as excited about it when you're older. Right. Right. That's true. Um yeah, if it wasn't a milestone birth, like if he isn't turning 50 or anything like that, it's just still, you know, just be nice. Let the, Fire the guy on Monday. Or fire him right after the game on Saturday night, if, if you so chose. Just come on, UCLA. Be better than that. But as we head into this week, a lot of good games here. Uh, you know, we get a whole full slate on Friday. That's going to be great. Virginia Tech, Virginia, that's going to be intriguing. Can Miami avoid the upset at Pitt? Uh, that. That's certainly a game that t- to keep an eye on. South Florida and Central Florida, that looks good. Um, Winner of that game plays the conference title. So all the talk about Scott Frost and Central Florida going to a New Year's Six Bowl, you have to be a Group of Five champion to get that bid. So if they don't, they lose to South Florida, then they won't even have a chance to go. Right. So. We think Central Florida is going to win, right? I think so, but I mean, South Florida's only lost once, and they're plenty good also. Yes. Like, I think Central Florida's going to win. I would not be surprised at all, though, if South, if South Florida falls one. No. Nope. It's going to be good. And then, you know, Wisconsin, they're at Minnesota. Then on Saturday, I can't see Wisconsin losing that. Georgia's at Georgia Tech. I can't see Georgia losing that. Uh, Ohio State at, is at Michigan, but that game's lost a lot of luster with Ohio State having two losses and Michigan three. Uh, you know, the, the Jim Harbaugh era at Michigan has not gone according to plan, I would say. Well, to be fair, the first two years, I think, were pretty good. And then they had to replace more starters than anyone else in the country this year. Like, so I agree that they've had a down year compared to the last two. You know, and it's not what they want. I think Michigan is going to be pretty good next year, though, because they're just—they're not going to have to replace eighteen starters like they did this year. Let's see some other games here. Clemson is at South Carolina. I don't see Clemson uh, getting upset. You have a big game for the Apple Cup, so to speak. I mean, both Washington State and Washington are nine and two. Uh, that's in uh, Seattle there at the University of Washington. I'll probably take the University of Washington there, and then. You really have the big gun here. I mean, Notre Dame, Stanford, whatever that's worth, that should be a good game. But then you have the big one. It's the Iron Bowl. It's Alabama at Auburn. 
3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS on Saturday. This is this is it, Charlie. The winner of this game goes to the SEC Championship game. And if Auburn can win both this game and that next week's game against Georgia, they're looking pretty good to get into a spot with the college football playoff. I think the SEC champion, whether it's Alabama, Auburn, or Georgia, is going to be in no matter what. Yep. Where Auburn, with, with two losses, would be the only one that I think you could even remotely make a case for not being in. But but by beating both of those teams, I think they would still get in and get in fairly easily. So yeah, this is... I don't know if it's going to be as good as the Iron Bowl four years ago that ended with the kick six. Yes. But if it's in the same ballpark as good as that one... Like we're we're going to be in for a heck of a game, man. I'm, in, I'm like, I think I think Auburn could win too. I don't know if I pick them to win. I don't think this was going to be uh, Alabama flexes their muscles and win by twenty four. I'm going to be dumb and I'm going to take Auburn to win. I don't know why I'm I'm doing it, but I just feel like something's in the in the mix here. And Alabama, you know, a tune up game against Mercer. That's yeah, sweet, but they haven't been playing quite as good. They arguably could have lost to Mississippi state a couple weeks ago. I just, I, I feel like, uh, Alabama's going to get ready to trip up here. It's a huge rivalry game. Of course, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama wins. They are favored after all. So this would be a, a minor upset if Auburn wins, but I think I'm going to go, I'm leaning towards Auburn here uh, as we head in uh, before we get to Saturday's game. And it's worth noting, Auburn's by far the best team Alabama's probably played this year. The best team record-wise that Alabama's played so far. I guess it's probably Mississippi State, maybe LSU. Like, I think they're both fine, but neither of those are wins you look at and go like, oh yeah, they beat that team, now we know they're truly great. I think, I mean, we, we can assume they're probably great based off the last decade, but, like, they, they don't have, I guess this is just me saying that. If Alabama loses, I don't know if Alabama gets in with one loss and not being in the, and not being the SEC champ, because I don't know if they're going to have the wins you can point to and say, oh, yeah, well, the luck, all these wins, they've got to be in. Right. It really hurts them that Florida State sucks this year. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Is there anything else as we head into this week that you're excited about? Well, I mean, I'm excited for what's going to happen with Nebraska. I would imagine there's going to be a coaching change. Now, I don't know if that will be exciting for anyone else listening to this podcast. Um, I think you mentioned most of them. I mean, maybe the Egg Bowl between Mississippi and Mississippi State, just because that might be the only game where the two teams hate each other as much as the Iron Bowl, especially over the last few years where they just hate each other. So I think that'll probably be kind of fun. Um, In addition to the FCS playoffs, just because I've got to do the podcast I do and Iowa State's had their best year in a long time. Kansas State just won. Iowa State plays at Kansas State, so I'm intrigued to see if the Cyclones can win. If they do, they're 8-4 and four in the regular season, which would be their best year since, I think, at least 2002. So, so there's some stuff on the line for the Cyclones. Yes, yes, there are. Could they, are they still in line to potentially play Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship game or no? I think they technically could, but it would be, you would need TCU to lose and you would need Iowa State to come out with, like, like there's a way there can be 
four teams or five teams by with the same record trying to get the second spot. And then I don't know how they figure that out with tiebreakers. I mean, we, it might go down to like a Friday Night Lights movie coin flip for all I know. I, I think it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. We, I, I was going to say that this is the last week of Bull Bound or not, but we might have a few games next week. So I won't quite say that this is the last week of Bullbound or not, but it's it, it you know we this is the last game essentially for just about every team playing this week here. Can they make it to bowl season? I I mean I I don't know for sure, but uh, but we're about to find out here. Um, you know everyone again loves this game. Cheyenne in Wyoming. Uh, she loves it, you know. Casper, the friendly ghost from Wyoming, too. They're, they they both are just like all over this game. Norman in Oklahoma is a big fan. Uh, Don't we, forget about Tacoma and Washington. Yes. Oh, how could we forget? How about you know? Yeah, I mean Jose San in uh, in California. He's he's a big fan of it. So we just get all sorts of of wonderful. Uh, you know, friendly, friendly uh, thank yous for playing this game throughout the year. So uh, we we oblige to our fans and, and uh, glad that they love it as much as we do. So let's get right to it here. Uh, number five and six teams playing this week. You mentioned the Egg Bowl with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That's uh, that's Thanksgiving night. Uh, probably going to be a better game than the Giants and Washington, the NFL game going on at this time, but. Uh, Ole Miss is at Mississippi State, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Ole Miss is 5-6. and six. Charlie, is Ole Miss bull-bound or not? Second, did you forget? I told you that Ole Miss sanctions. They can't go to a bowl game. Oh, yeah. I, why do I always forget that? Now, it's okay. I, we could still go if they get to 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. I mean, being, being 500 is better than having a losing record. Who would at least be something but I think Mississippi State's better. I think the Bulldogs are going to win. Man, man so I, al- I always forget that. I don't know what my deal is with Ole Miss this year. And forget right, that's that. why you called me for your podcast, that's, so I can help you out with things like that. That's right. And we're not going to look into the four and five, four and seven teams, the five and six teams. Well, we were going to look at the five and six teams, but we're not going to speculate on five and seven teams right now because it's just it's a useless exercise at this point there's going to be a lot of them in because there's way too many freaking bowl games uh which is unfortunate i don't know is if you look at the grand scheme of things this year is college football a little down this year is it average is this normal because it just seems like we have a lot of good teams but then there are a lot of really bad teams this year i think on general it's just sort of a normal year there's a few years where it really looks like it's better and there's more good teams. I think this year we truly lack like the one or two. Oh yeah, this team's clearly better than everyone else on top. And there's seven or eight teams that are really, really, really good, but not to the level, you know, of, of some other previous national champions or losers in national title games. There's not any. You know, 05 Texas or 05 USC's out there this year. I, 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 at least I don't think so. So on Friday we have Ohio at Buffalo. Buffalo is five and six. Charlie Hildebrand is Buffalo bull bound or not? Well, I know Ohio lost to Akron, and it's probably going to keep my guy Frank Solich from having a chance to play in the conference title game. I think they're going to beat Buffalo though. So Buffalo, unfortunately, no bowl game. 
Texas Tech is at Texas, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central Time on Fox. Texas Tech is 5-6. and six. Texas is 6-5, six and five, so they're going to bowl game. Um, so is Texas Tech going to beat Texas and be bowl-bound or not? I think... I feel like Texas is going to win. I don't know. I just... This, Texas Tech not looked good recently. And I feel bad for Cliff Kingsbury coaching at his alma mater. It, it, he had a really good first year, and it seemed like that hire was going to work out great. I, I think they're going to lose, and I think there's a, a solid chance that that hot guy Cliff Kingsbury is going to get fired. Too. Oh, women everywhere are going to be so sad about that. Um, it, the bowl elimination game, maybe is between California and UCLA Friday night, uh, FS1, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Each team is 5-6, and six, so for this exercise, they they both could get in, but to, get, to make sure they are bowl-bound and can punch their ticket to bowl season, Charlie Hildebrand, which team is going to be bowl-bound after Friday night? I'm going to give you an answer, and then I'm going to give you a brief overview of something that is interesting maybe only to me. But I hope you kind of enjoy. Yes. I'm going to say Cal wins. No bowl game for UCLA. And then we will look back on the end of the Jim Moore getting fired tenure, which is the Josh Rosen tenure. Yep. And we'll say, wait, what? They only made one bowl game, and the bowl game they made, they lost a 5-7 and seven Nebraska? <laughs> yep, that's why Jim Moore got fired. So I'm going to say Cal wins. Was that the Foster Farms Bowl? That was, with a Nebraska team that shouldn't have been in there, and then they cranked out about 330 rushing yards yep. in UCLA. I, I, it looks I, like that, that's probably, there's a strong chance that's the only bowl game Josh Rosen is going to have a chance to play. I remember that because I had a lot of confidence points on UCLA and was stunned that Nebraska. Uh, Same with me, man. Same with me. Uh, Saturday, uh, you know, we mentioned the Gophers a couple weeks ago, but going through this exercise, they are five and six. They're taking on undefeated Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, I think there's a better chance of a snowball surviving in hell than Minnesota beating Wisconsin. But I'll just ask it anyway: Is Minnesota bowl bound or not? I don't think so. The only way I think it happens is if they can find a way to sneak in Nebraska's defense to play against the Minnesota offense. Okay, I guess that's the only way. Uh, by the way, that's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Uh, at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC, Georgia is at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is 5-5, five and five, so because they had a game with Central Florida canceled because of Hurricane Irma. So I would think that if they play, if they get to 6-5, and five, I would think that they're going to be taking over a 5-7 and seven team. At least one would hope. So I will ask it for this, uh, for this game. Is Georgia Tech going to be bull-bound or not? I don't think so. I think this is the wrong year. In I forget what the name of that rivalry game is. It's a pretty sweet name. I think it might be Queen Old Fashioned Hate. But this, this is not the Georgia team you want to have to try to get bowl eligible again. No, I would agree with that. Tulane is at SMU, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. Tulane is 5-6. and six. SMU is 6-5. and five. Is Tulane bowl-bound or not? I don't think so. SMU's pretty good. I think SMU's going to beat them. And then, unfortunately for SMU, I think their coach might leave for possibly the Texas A&M job after this year. Indiana and Purdue are both 5-6. and six, Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Indiana is at Purdue. Which team is bowl-bound? 
it's at Purdue. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Purdue's going to win, and Purdue's going to a bowl game. Holy which would cow. Which we as Nebraska and Minnesota guys. Although I think with your new coach, you've got stuff looking good for the future. And it's like, wait, this Purdue team, why are they, we, they can go to a bowl, but we can't? But yeah, I'm taking the Boilermakers. Boiler up. Duke at Wake Forest, 12.30 a.m. Central, or Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. You know, if you get that, congratulations for you. Duke's 5-6, and six, though. Are they going to beat Wake Forest and be bowl-bound? I don't think so. Wake Forest has been pretty good this year. I think Dave Clawson, their head coach, might also leave and go somewhere. I mean, assuming that John Gruden doesn't go to Tennessee, which I feel pretty confident he won't, yep. after they get over that disappointment, like, Dave Clawson, I think, can do pretty well. I mean, if he can do well at Wake Forest, I think he could probably do well at Tennessee. Another game featuring two five and six teams, Old Dominion at Middle Tennessee, 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m. Central Time. Which team is bowl-bound? I'm going to be honest, I don't know a great deal about either. I'm going to take Old Dominion solely because I think their mascot name is the Monarch. It is. And it's like a lion with a crown. It is. And I don't know, it just reminds me of Game of Thrones stuff, so I'm taking Old Dominion. Boom. You know what it, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Do you remember, you watched Rudolph as a kid, right? I, I did, I know what you're referring to. So it's the lion on the island of misfit toys, and he turns his head kind of slightly like a robot. I think it, I, that's what the lion, uh, that's what Old Dominion's, uh... Uh, mascot reminds me of. I'm gonna. Unfortunately, I think Middle Tennessee State is going to win, but we can only hope Old Dominion can pull out the win. UNLV is at Nevada. Whatever this rivalry is of the two teams in Nevada, but UNLV is five and six. Three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central Time. Nevada's a favorite by two and a half points. Is UNLV bowl bound or not? I think UNLV wins. I think UNLV is bowl bound, which is crazy because they lost to Howard in Week One as, like, the biggest heavy favorite in Vegas betting ever to actually lose. Which, I, but you know what? I think that ultimately shows, though, that if you keep coaching and keep grinding, good things can happen. And, like, as bad as UNLV is for a football program, anytime they can go to a bowl, that's a big deal for them. So, hopefully they win, and kudos to the Rebels. Uh, let's see. Temple, 5-6 and six at 2-9 and nine, Tulsa, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time. ESPN uh, Network is, for some reason, broadcasting this game. So is Temple bullbound or not? I think so. Tulsa's not very good this year. I think Temple will find a way to win and get to a bowl. I will ask this. Uh, because Louisiana is 5-5, five and five, uh, they're playing They're playing host to 1-9 Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern finally got a win last week. Congratulations to them, or the week before. Anyway, congratulations to Georgia Southern. Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central Time. Is Louisiana going to be bowl-bound or not? I think so. Georgia Southern would be the team you'd want to play when you need a win. I think it's going to work out well for them. Two last ones for you here. Texas San Antonio is at Louisiana Tech. Uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU. Uh, Louisiana Tech is 5-6. and six. They are favorites in this one by two game or by two points. Is, Louis- is Louisiana Tech bowl-bound or not? And it's in Louisiana, you said? It is. I'm, I'm taking the home team. All right. And then, Full eligibility for Terry Bradshaw. And finally, uh, another pair of 5-6 and six teams. It's another game in the Pac-12. Pac-12 after dark. 
10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time on Fox Sports 1. 5 and 6 Colorado at 5 and 6 Utah. Which team's bull bound? I think it's going to be Utah. It's just that Colorado at times has been so bad, even though they were better last year. And, and Utah generally seems good. This might be me picking the jersey more than the teams. I've just got more faith in Utah and Kyle Whittingham. But is that faith dwindled at all after last week's uh, bad call against Washington? I kind of thought about that as I was as you were saying that, but I also thought I mean they were at least in the position where they had Washington tied yep. on the road with less than a minute left. So I mean it's it's a poor way for them to end it, but they were at least like still in the game. Yep, very true. And there you go. That is bullbound or not. We will have a couple games to go through next weekend, but or next week potentially. But another good year of bullbound or not, just about in the books. Uh, before I let you go, here FCS playoffs. Uh, the 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 bracket was unveiled on Sunday. SDSU a five seed. They get to avoid NDSU until potentially Frisco, which would be in the championship game. However, they potentially get Northern Iowa uh, next week after they get a bye, and Northern Iowa beats up on Monmouth. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of getting Northern Iowa on this side of the bracket, but if SDSU can beat Northern Iowa, then they get to play Central Arkansas. I like those odds, and then they'd have to play JMU. So, uh, what do we think of SDSU's chances here? And uh, that was quite the win against USD, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, nice win over USD. I like SDSU's chances to make a run. I'm not going to call that they're going to win the national title. I think there's a good chance they can get to the semifinals, though. And then on the other side of the bracket, like, I don't think USD is going to go to the title game. I think if Strebler plays well, though, and is healthy, like, USD could win a few games, too, just because he is that good at times. We could potentially, I think, have an all-Missouri Valley uh, Final Four team. Yep. Yep. I, and I, I, was... know, I don't think we're going to get that. But I, I think there's a, a pretty good chance that uh, South Dakota State and North Dakota State are at least both going to be in the semifinal. I think North Dakota State's got a cakewalk to Frisco. I mean, you get to play Northern Arizona or San Diego, psh, that's nothing. Wofford, no thank you. And then Jacksonville State, we know how bad that they've uh, been beaten by North Dakota State in the past. So I'm not really looking at this as anything other than uh, North Dakota State either meeting South Dakota State or James Madison on the other side. Uh, but that that game against USD, I was impressed that SDSU was able to, you know, hold Strebler down as much as they did. He was not all that impressive to me, running or throwing it. Um, and I guess the other big takeaway besides that, uh, what's going on with Jake? Well, I mean, we got to take into account though that USD ran for what, like three hundred yards. In the yes, game? they did. Yep, they did. And it was because they were trying to make sure. I think also that Strebler wasn't the guy that you know. Well, that opened up stuff for the other guys, too. Yep, that's very fair. Uh, both running backs, I believe, had over 100 yards for USD. And they, they were very good, you know, pretty fast and, and whatnot. But I, the one other concern I have for SDSU is Jake Wenicke is dropping a lot of passes here. Uh, yes, he did have two catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns, but he had one where he's streaking down the sideline. It was going to be like a 35 or 40-yard gain, and he just right in his hands, and he dropped it. He had another one on the sidelines. Uh, Taron maybe overthrew him a little bit in the end zone, but that's a ball that Jake normally comes down with. 
he's just struggling a little bit this year, and I'm and I'm a little surprised he's dropping as many balls as he is. And I hope that he um, he corrects that, rectifies that uh, come playoff time. Yeah, I don't know what what the deal's been with him this year. I mean, this is like his worst season of his four years. He's been great the last three, and like I don't want to say he's been like bad. I mean, I think he's still got like six hundred yards or so receiving. I think, it's just not as good as he's normally been, and I I don't know what it is. It's odd though. Yeah, I so I hope I hope it come I hope it turns around here. They do get an off week, so I think that's great, and then. Uh, we'll see what they can do most likely against Northern Iowa. But, Charlie, uh, thank you so much for the time as always. Have a great, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the family. And we'll be uh, talking with you hopefully next week. All right. Sounds good. Take care, Stacken. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal. Check all his stuff out at this, online at the Sioux City Journal. Um, great stuff there as always. Resident college football expert. Uh, it's going to be a good week. Iron Bowl, that's the big one here. Uh, Alabama and Auburn, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Winner of that goes to the SEC Championship game. If Al- if Alabama loses, they still have a shot at the college football playoff, but it's not a slam dunk or guarantee by any stretch the imagination. Wrap up this uh, week's Sports Block Podcast, though, with a look at the what happened Week 11 and make some picks for Week 12's games here, as we always do. Wrap up this week's edition, Sports Block Podcast, on this Thanksgiving edition, I should say, of the Sports Block Podcast, podcast now available on iTunes. Let's wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at what happened Week 11 in the NFL, make some picks for Week 12, uh, as we always do. Here, uh, early predictions, sure to go wrong. Well, recapping Week 11, uh, started out Thursday night. Uh, Antonio Brown, what else can you say about him? Three touchdowns, 10 receptions, 144 yards. Big Ben and the Steelers roll up on Tennessee 40-17. to Marcus Mariota threw four interceptions this one. Not good at all. Sunday's action then, Tampa Bay had a lead against Miami. Gave it up only to come back, and they scored a late garbage touchdown after Miami uh, tried lateraling on the kickoff. So an outcome significant to some if you're a betting person, uh, but Tampa Bay ultimately wins 30-20. to Detroit, another week against a fairly bad team and another close call. They needed Connor Barth to shank a field goal wide right into, the, into Lake Michigan or maybe it crossed over into Gary, Indiana. I don't know. It was badly missed. And Detroit ultimately prevails 27-24, this after they spotted Chicago, an early 10-0 lead. The Cleveland Browns remain winless, uh, and it, that's what happens when you turn the ball over multiple times, give up five sacks. Uh, they had a, they were only trailing 13-7, but the Jaguars score a defensive touchdown late. Jaguars 7-3, a four-game win streak. First time in a decade, I believe I saw. Uh, pretty remarkable. They sit atop first of the AFC South. 19-7 winners over Cleveland. Baltimore shuts out the Green Bay Packers 23-0. Brett Hundley, two interceptions in the first two possessions. Three interceptions in total, plus a fumble, so four turnovers overall. And the Ravens, do you know their defense has three shutouts this season already? Quite remarkable. Uh, but the, the Ravens get the job done. 23 nothing winners over Green Bay. Uh, it was a tremendous quarterbacking display. Tom Savage against Blaine Gabbert in Houston. Uh, get excited, folks. Oh, wait, Colin Kaepernick is still available, and this was the these were the two quarterbacks in this game? I digress, though. Uh, Arizona was trailing 24-21. to 
So Tom Savage actually played decent in this game, but that's you know relative to how poorly he's played so far this year. Arizona was trailing 24-21, went for it on 4th and 1, didn't get it. Bruce Arians, the Cardinals head coach afterwards, said, blame me for that call. And then Monday said, no, wait, uh, I made the right call. It was some terrible execution. So neither here nor there, but uh, Texans ultimately prevail 31-21. As uh, Travis and I talked about, the the Vikings beat up on the Rams 24-7, gave up an opening touchdown, nothing the rest of the way. Robert Woods fumbled, or Cooper Cup, excuse me, fumbled at the one. Anthony Harris forced it, uh, recovered it, and that was uh, swung the tide of the game, that's for sure. The Vikings, Adam Thielen, another big game from him. Latavius Murray, a couple touchdowns on the ground. Vikings 24-7 winners. They played this Thanksgiving Thursday against Detroit. We'll make that pick here momentarily. The Saints were trailing Washington 31-16. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter. It looked like Kirk Cousins and Washington, was gonna they were going to pull out the, the victory here. And then Drew Brees said, okay, enough of this here. Vintage Drew Brees throwing two touchdowns in the final five minutes, including one to Alvin Kamara, who juggled it, and then three Washington defenders said, nope, uh, I guess we aren't going to tackle him. And then a, a terrible non... or a, a terrible... Intentional grounding penalty against uh, called against Washington. Uh, Kirk Cousins mis uh, misdirection or misread. I, I I don't know. The, the the receivers are running inside. He throws it to the outside, but was not in any sort of danger of getting sacked. So there should have been no intentional grounding called. But as a result, ten yard loss. Clock runs and Washington gets out of field goal range, and they ultimately lose. Then uh, in overtime, thirty four. 31. So the, the refs job them there. And the Kansas City Chiefs have now lost four out of five. There's panic mode in uh, Kansas City as the New York Giants, after a, I would, you know, they say Eli Manning gave a very passionate speech, uh, but head coach Ben McAdoo had a very emotional conversation or emotional meeting with his players in the week, and they win 12 to 9 in overtime over. Kansas City. This is the second 12-9 game of the year. Tennessee and Cleveland played one a few weeks back. The Chargers. Uh, oh, oh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, Travis, and I mentioned this. He got the start over Tyrod Taylor. Uh, possibly Sean McDermott should be fired. The Buffalo Bills head coach. Awful decision there. Peterman throws five interceptions in the first half. Gets relieved by Tyrod Taylor. Uh, but at that point, it was too little too late, and the Chargers roll on the Bills 54-24. A couple defensive scores. Keenan Allen, 159 yards, two touchdowns. Huge monster game from him. And the Chargers, they're climbing back into this AFC West race. And the Bills, after starting out 5-2, have lost three in a row. Eh, I'm kind of thinking the playoffs are not going to happen for them. The Bengals beat the Broncos 20-17. The Broncos on a six-game losing streak. Defensively, they gave up three touchdowns to Andy Dalton. Offensively, couldn't get a whole lot going. It's just misery all the way around there for the Broncos. And in Mexico City, the Patriots thump the Raiders 33-8. to They were clearly prepared. Maybe Oakland should have spent a little more time in Mexico City preparing for the, uh, you know, being that far above sea level. Maybe. I'm just saying it might have helped. Either way, they lose 33-8. And then after spotting the Cowboys a 9-7 halftime lead and losing their kicker... Um, ooh, now the, the name is escaping me. It's not Cody Parkey. He plays for... Uh, Jake, Jake Elliott, thank you. Um, 
They lost him to a concussion. Philadelphia runs all over Dallas in the second half, outscoring the Cowboys 30 to nothing. Carson Wentz, uh, Chris Clement, Garrett Blunt, Jay Ajayi, they do it all. 37-9 winners over the Cowboys, and they have the NFC East on cruise control and on lockdown, essentially. And then Monday night, what an entertaining game. Atlanta wins 34-31. A lot of uh, talk in this one about the fake field goal that Seattle ran at the end of the first half that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Could have made the score 24-20. Ultimately, they lost by that field goal margin. Blair Walsh did miss a 52-yard field goal at the end. That was just a hair short, about a yard short. And uh, Seattle loses Atlanta. Big win. They seem to be kind of getting their mojo back a little bit. (laughs) That's big news for them uh, in the grand scheme of things. uh, Now they are in the uh, sixth spot now in the NFC playoffs. We'll see how that will maintain and hold itself true. As we look ahead to Week 12's games, a triple header on Thanksgiving as we have had the last what, half dozen years or so, it starts off 11.30 a.m. Central Time, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. The Vikings have lost three in a row to the Detroit Detroit Lions. The Lions are looking for, what, I think their fourth or fifth straight win on Thanksgiving? Not going to happen. I'm going to take the Vikings with the win. Case Keenum and company playing well. 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Fox. 4.30 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. It's the Los Angeles Chargers at the Dallas Cowboys. The Chargers, big win over Buffalo. The Cowboys are really struggling right now. We'll see if they can get Tyron Smith, their left tackle back. That would certainly help. But no Elliott. Probably not. They, they won't have Sean Lee on the defensive side. I think the Chargers go into Big D and get the win. Then uh, New York Giants at Washington, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Pretty much a, a, a downer of a game to end your uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, football feast. I'm going to take Washington, but I don't say this with a great deal of confidence. I think they're kind of down on themselves after losing that game to to Nolens. Uh See what the Giants can do in a, in a spirited affair, but I'll take Washington. Then let's get to Sunday's games. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. If uh, Sean McDermott knew what the hell he was doing, he would start Tyrod Taylor to even give the Bills a chance. Uh, having said that, the defense, the Bills' defense has been atrocious the last three weeks. Sean McDermott's the defensive coordinator, so he's be- he better get uh, stuff going there for the Bills. He better get something happening, otherwise he's going to be gone. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs in that one. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Titans didn't look great last week against Pittsburgh. I like them to bounce back with a win over the Colts. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. It's the Battle of Ohio. The Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Can the, the Browns get a win at some point? I think they will. This game will not be it. I think the Bengals ultimately get the victory here. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Uh... I mean, the Falcons have won two in a row. The Bucks playing a little better. They've won two in a row as well. But I'm taking the better team in this one. And the better team is the Atlanta Falcons. Jameis Winston has some legal issues to deal with right now. But he is not playing for the Bucks in this one. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Dolphins stink right now. The Patriots are rolling. Give me the Patriots in a convincing win. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Chicago Bears at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bears stink. The Eagles are rolling. That defense is going to make life miserable for Trubisky. 
no Leonard Floyd, so I think Carson Wentz has another big day, and the Eagles prevail over the Chicago Bears. Carolina Panthers at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Jets have played much better this year than everyone thought. Carolina's starting to look pretty good themselves, though. Greg Olson comes back, so that's big news there. I like Carolina to take down the Jets. 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. I will take Seattle in this one. Uh, despite all the defensive injuries, they're just that they're just better than San Francisco. No other way around it. 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The New Orleans Saints at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams after that loss to the Vikings last week. How do they rebound? Uh, the Saints are rolling right now. I'm going to take the Saints narrowly, but um, I think Wade Phillips might have something in store for that Saints ground game. Uh, but tough one here. I'll take the Saints, though, to win their ninth in a row. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Uh, Blaine Gabbert starting for the Cardinals. That's not good. Jaguars' defense is really good. I'm going to take them in a low-scoring affair. It's close, but, yeah, I think you just got to go with the Jaguars. Though I would not be surprised to see Arizona win. And then Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Uh, Paxton Lynch, former first-round pick, what, last year? He's making his first career start. Uh, Trevor Simeon will back him up. Brock Osweiler demoted to third string. Raiders get a nice bounce-back win against the Broncos to stay alive in the AFC West. Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Uh, Last I checked, the Packers still have Brett Hundley at quarterback, and the Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Triple B's roll to a win over the Packers. The Monday Night Football, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Tom Savage against the Baltimore Ravens defense. Enough said. Taking the Ravens for the win. And that's a look at Week 12 games. The official picks and predictions for Thursday's games, the the Thanksgiving triple header, will be found in the stack on Thursday, stackattack.sportsblog.com. And the rest of the the games will be uh, picked on Friday. Same spot, stackattack.sportsblog.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at NDStackin, for a link to the blog, as well as this podcast, um, which also can be found on iTunes. Otherwise, you can, uh, on Facebook, principally, Nathan Stackin, have the link to the blog and the podcast posted there later this week. I want to wish each and every one of you a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great time with family and friends. Enjoy the Black Friday shopping if you do that. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the weekend. Thankful that you continue to listen to this podcast. Appreciate your um, patronship and uh, hope you continue to listen. We'll be back next week with more talk. Eventually we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus with the baby coming, but don't know when that is for sure yet. We'll keep you posted here. So meanwhile, just keep keep tuning in. Keep downloading us. Keep listening to us here on iTunes. And uh, again, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You've been listening to this week's edition, Thanksgiving edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs>